When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the latest episode of River City 93, brought to you by Rucknet Scars, Icarus FC, and of course, for the culture. This is your host, as always, Elian Barn, is joining me. Is a guy that we're from the highs of highs at the 83rd minute to the lows of lows by the 90th. Mr. Matt Myers, how are you doing, bud? Uh, yeah, you, you know, usually uh, somebody calls you like a 84-minute man. You're taking that with a lot of praise. Nah, yeah. not this time. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I'm going to be real with you, yo. I don't know how to feel about this game. Like, uh, how, how about pissed? How about bad? How about angry? How about disappointed? Any of those yeah, words? It's an array of emotions, yo. It's an array of emotions. Because no, I, no, I don't think it's an array. I think they're all on the same end of the spectrum. <laughs> same end of the spectrum, but it's like I can be sad about this game because it's like you drop two points at home. I can be pissed about this game because you let a two goal lead go. I could be a like weirdly curious and overthinking this game because. For some odd reason, the USL League One table gods have still figured out a way how Richmond to be, what is it, four points out of third? Three. Yeah, three points out of third. And you're still sitting there, you're like, I hate to say it, but this team still has a shot. And I don't understand how. Yeah. But then you look uh, at yeah. teams like Greenville <laughs> that have fluffled the bag, and you're like, oh, well, now I see how. Right. I mean, that, that's probably the most frustrating thing about it is if they even just string together two wins in a row – they look in amazing shape. Like North Texas, you know, was in a far worse position a couple weeks ago. They've won like three, I think three in a row, and all of a sudden they're you know sitting pretty. They're you know looking pretty good you know moving forward. So things can change so fast, and when it's there in your hands, when you know you, you can be able to just you know, feel you know you're in the 82nd minute, you're up two goals at home, you should be able to cash that in every single time, yeah. and. You'd be able to say, all right, you know, we're gonna you know be up there, we're gonna be in you know fifth, sixth place, whatever it would have ended up you know being at, at that point. And then just to have you know a quick double shot, like I mean, there are people who you know d- legitimately didn't realize, wait, they scored twice during that time. I turned around, you know, what happened on the second one? <laughs> and the second one was probably like that the second one was very pretty. So in this game, we finally got to see Joe Rice play against the kickers because I think it's been, what, five appearance, five times we played the Reds, and this is the first time he's ever played against us. Olex gets to start. We see the six guys that didn't make the trip to Toronto. They get all starts, us outside of Hernan. And, I mean, to be real with you, like the first half or so, the, it felt like the kickers were on the positive foot. You know, we still, it, it like, felt, the issue we're talking about how they were playing around the midfield, but it felt positive. 
it, it felt like the, the good version of this year's kickers. I wouldn't say that we were on the front foot because I don't think this team is ever on the front foot, you know, mm-hmm. out there. But, you know, you saw the good version of the kickers come up. You saw the version where, okay, we're able to, you know, build, you know, you know make space down you know, that left flank, whether it was, you know, Olex, you know, trying to burn somebody. You know, he didn't have the, the most effective you know, day down there, but he also opened up that space that, you know, Maddie was able to take advantage of, you know, to be able to, you know, get the assists, you know, for, of course, Emmy, because it's always Emmy, you know, he's the Emmy VP of the league for a reason. Uh, you know, so that was, you know, the good side of it. And, you know, the, New England, you know, like everybody else always does, we'll talk about this later on, they had far more of the ball, you know, but Jalen, you know, Ivan, Monty in the first half, they were just clearing everything out of the area to the point where, you know, here had, you know, I think that one you know, save in the first half where it was kind of just a header that went almost straight to him. Yeah. Other than that, he didn't really have anything to do that half. So I feel like that's the, you know, kind of ideal vision for, what the team realistically is, how it you know comes together is what that first half looked like. And it's just put it together for two 45s in a row. I, I to be honest with you, that feels like that is the hardest thing for this team to do. Because they can put they can put together good stretches. You know, we've seen it in other games where they put together good stretches. Um <clears throat> You know, been positive defensively, positive defensively, but I think not this year we have not put together a streak of consecutive wins. Not we once. have consecutive draws. We don't have consecutive wins, and it's just like I don't know what leads to that. You know, it's just trying to, to stay positive as we can. It's like I don't know what leads to this team not being able to be on that. Th- to just rack up consecutive wins. You know, yeah. it's always I mean, not, like we're about to have another win and then it's defensive error, or it's like we can't yeah. put together the it's offensive part. It's not even consecutive wins. We haven't won, you know, a game that had a draw off and then win the next game. We haven't even had a sandwich. We haven't had a win sandwich yeah. yet. It's always been at least two games in between yeah. wins. Yeah. It's, and, I mean, well, that'll well, keep you close. That'll keep you close. To the t- to the playoff spot, that's not going to get you in a playoff spot ultimately. No, no, and now we're at the point of eleven games left of the mm-hmm. year, and the next four games are crucial. You got two two teams after that, and then you look and you you run into a five green stretch where you play North Texas, Chattanooga, Union Omaha, FC Tucson, Four and Madison. Union and Chat are playing for first place ultimately. North Texas is North Texas, so you know they're going to find a way how to figure out a playoff spot. Uh, for Madison, Richmond, give or take, are kind of in the same position. One team. Yeah, they're, they're in a little better Dallas. spot right now, but for the most yeah, part, probably yeah. the same ultimate outcome. Yeah, and the FC Tucson is kind of, you know, yeah. falling mm-hmm. near the bottom of the table. Yeah, well, we still never never won out there. <laughs> yeah, so it's – Who's to say what's going to happen? Um, but I just want to actually, like, what – do you think that's kind of playing into the players' psyches right now and the coaches' psyches of just, like, we haven't, like you said, had a sandwich yet or consecutive wins? Man, I don't see how it doesn't if you're a player. Like, yeah, everybody's going to say, oh, no, we take it one game at a time. We don't. We look at, you know, the big picture. We feel good, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
anybody who's watched you know, sports for any amount of time, you know what you know the media responses are going to be with all that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, and and if you've played sports, you know full well, you know how things have been going, you know when things are going well, you know when things are not you know going right, and you get frustrated when things aren't you know going the way that they are you know planned you know to go. You know, okay, you might take a loss here and there. That's a little bit of a fluke. But when you're starting to, you know, see repeated, you know, results that aren't, you know, helping out, that aren't going your way, I think it's human nature, you know, to start to let that sink in a little bit and, you know, kind of think about, okay, well, what's going on, you know, here? What are we ever going to get this done? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that, that's very true. Because to be real with you. I even said it <laughs> during the game, like the 82nd minute. I was like, all right, this team is – if we could get to the 82nd or 83rd minute, like I feel confident enough we can close this out. I know the subs that they're going to make at this point. You know, he's going to bring on Hernan Lee. He's going to bring on Luke. He's going to bring on either Cam or Ethan, you know, maybe game of a ride. And I feel confident. Like I feel fine enough. Like we feel fine. Yeah. And I mean, we, we're probably going to talk about their goals a little bit, but it felt like after that first goal, which by the way was just a wonder strike, and I don't know what better defense it could do. It kind of felt like after that, it was kind of just like a punch in the mouth, and we were kind of just like starstruck, and we're just like, "Uh, what do we do now?" I mean, it seemed like it just took no the, one had the air out of the stadium. That first one, where it's just like, yeah. oh, it's like, oh crap, is this really going to happen again? Yeah, because. I think it's just the matter how to go happy because it wasn't as if like unless anyone got beat, it just came out of nowhere. And it was that kind of strike where like you saw it, the entire revs bench just got energized. And the Richmond bench is just Richmond bench got tight. The players got tight, you know. Yeah, I mean it it was one of those where you're just like, oh crap, how much time is left now? <laughs> All right, can we do 10 minutes? Uh, spoiler, no. <laughs> no. You couldn't do 10 minutes. Couldn't, <sighs> didn't even hit 100 seconds. No. No. But, you know, we were talking about, like, it before the podcast, but it does feel like this game is – this game is a perfect – if someone asks you, like, you know, 10, five years down the road, like, what were the 2020, 2021 kickers like? I would show them this game and be like, yo, this was this team. Because, <laughs> you know, they can be they can be great defensively. They can be stout. They can be stingy, you know, very aggressive. They can have individual goals, like the uh, uh, Emmy goal in the second half, or they can have team goals where Maddie, you know, provided a great assist for Emmy. Yeah. But then also they could – turn it off defensively, and they can lose a game and all momentum on a wonder strike, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking back through some of the other games. I feel like, you know, this might be a little, you know, a little too much scoring for a, you know, a typical Richmond game of the last two years. You know, I might try to find one of those 1-1 draws instead if you're asking me for, like, a perfect uh, vision of what these new Darren Swatsky teams have been. But I mean, for the most part, yeah, you're right, you know, you know, glimmers of greatness and glimmers of absolute horror show at times. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just, it just, 
Yeah. And it's typical as fans because you start to question like what what is going on, you know? Like we're we're essentially near the end of not near the end, but we're getting close to the end of season two under Darren. And you start to try to think like, all right, what is what is the direction that the club mm-hmm. and Darren wants ultimately to go? Yeah, it's hard to say long term because you know if you look at by the numbers and everything, you know, this year this team has played 17 games. They have scored 22 goals, allowed 23. Last year they played 16 games. They scored 22 goals, allowed 22. <laughs> yeah. Last year, Terzaghi, 10 goals out of those 22. This year, 11 goals out of the 22. Yeah. Shockingly similar when you start to look at those. I didn't pull all the possession stats from last year, but I'm guessing it's not terribly different you know, either. Uh, the big difference is last year's teams pulled some of these games into you know draws into wins, and this year they're staying as draws. Yeah, so yeah. I think we know what you know our best ideal of uh, what Darren wants to do is because it's what we've been shown the last two years. Last year, you can be able to say, okay, yeah, it was a COVID year. Yeah, it wasn't all his guys. He got to pick the players this year. He got you know a proper preseason with them this year. There's nothing to be said other than this is, you know, the presumption has to be this is what he wants to do on the field. Yeah. It's no longer about like, oh, he's just doing this out of necessity. It is. This is what the mentality of the kickers are going to be. And the possession stats last year are roughly the same. Last year it was 43%. This year it's 42%. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you want to look at maybe what's the biggest difference, I want to say is the amount of yellow cards. Like it's doubled. Like we went from 26 in a span last year in 16 games to 43. And, you know, twice as many red cards. So, I mean, that's one thing. But – you know, a lot of those yellow cards could be in it. It could be just, you know, tactical fouls or refs this year just wanted to pull the card. <laughs> Let's be real. A lot of those yellows are uh, that additions of, uh, you know, two guys, uh, Mr. Zaka and Mr. Jalen. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're stacked. probably Monty. You yeah. put Monty in there as well. <laughs> they're, they're uh, you know, just driving down that uh, – uh, I was trying to think of the bad, you know, pop punk you know, song. Uh, Ocean Avenue. There we go. Yellow card. Yeah. I mean, if you want to look at anything, and I mean, we talked about it at length, but like, it does seem like this team does misses. Uh, the question got access. Do you ask questions? Yeah, seem like the team does misses Raleigh Craft and Calvin. Like, those are the two key pieces. From last year's team to this year's team, that are not there, and I'm more of the fence that I think is more Kyle than Riley, and you're yeah. more of the opposite. So I mean, well, yeah, go, go, talk put about the, it. yeah, put the case out there. You know, so you think uh, you know Kyle Venter? I mean, he was our captain last year. Uh, I think he played every single game. Right. He missed the first game, I think. Right? Yeah, and he played no, every other. He missed one. the first game. Missed the first game. Yeah, but then he played, he played every yeah, other he, game. So go. So make your case. So Why think, is he the bigger loss? <laughs> so I think Kyle was the bigger loss. One, because he's your captain. And I think that I think that really does play a lot into player psyche. Like you know who to look to for moments of leadership. Was Kyle the best, you know, player on the field every game? No. But I think just having that veteran presence, that leadership, 
out there, you know who to rely on mobiles you can take. Like in this game, for instance, I guarantee you, if we had Kyle there on that field, I think things get played a lot different. Even if, if you included the Wonder Girl, I think things just play out a lot differently. And I think a lot of the draws that kickers have this year that was wins last year was due to just having that veteran leadership. Like the one thing we've heard a lot from the front office, from players, from staff is. You know, a lot of these guys aren't very vocal. They lead by example. Kyle was very vocal. We yeah. <laughs> heard Kyle very vocal. Um, and I, I think that just helps a lot because not only are you focused, it not only are you focused on what's going on around you, you're looking at everything. Like it's a chess game. Because the soccer is one of those games where you know, one pass can lead into another pass and things just happen and break down almost like chess. It's the move before the move why you get beat on certain things. And I think Kyle was just great at that. So I think losing that, you put a guy like Jalen, and don't get me wrong, I have been one of Jalen's top praises this year. Um, But it, I got to put the fault on him for the second goal in this game. You know, he just got lost. He just got flat-footed. I think that just comes out to experience. You yeah. know, Kyle had a lot of experience in USL League. I know Jalen played games at Detroit City and Nisa. But the step in level is different. You know, it's a higher level. Not that much higher. It's still lower league soccer, but it's a, it's a little bit higher. I also look at it like Jalen didn't start before Madison. So even if you want to include his time in Detroit City, he's lost a year because, well, he's not playing active minutes. Cal was there in 2019 with FC Tucson, playing a full season, know this league, know what Darren wants and expects. Darren didn't have that person this year, you know, who knew what to expect, knew what to expect out of him defensively. So yeah, I, I, think I, all, I think there's all really good points, you know, and uh, I think the leadership piece is uh, certainly something, you know, to uh, you know, be spoken you know, for. Uh, I, I agree. I think, you know, you know Kyle Venter would have, uh, yeah, definitely on the second goal, been right on the man. He would not have had a free header. I, I would suspect in that moment. I mean, maybe it's contested, maybe it still goes in, who knows, but it wouldn't have uh, been that wide open, you know, if I had to take you know my guess on it. So uh I think I mean I think those are all good points. I mean, certainly he's a very good player for us. Yeah, I think you know, losing Riley, you know, though, you know possession's already been a problem for this team. We were just talking about that, you know, a little bit ago and taking out one of the you know key guys who could actually possess the ball in the midfield, hold the ball, you know, for a little bit and provide some creative, you know, spark, you know, through there. Uh, I feel like we haven't really replaced that. Like, you know, Vic Victor does what he can. He's not that same kind of player. Neil does what he can. He's not that same kind of you know, player. Uh, and I don't think, you know, this team as constructed has that player. Maybe, you know, Ethan Bryant can become, you know, that, but you know, we saw him for 20 minutes, you know, today. I, I, I doubt he's the exact same you know, type, but, you know, think about, you know, all off season, we were saying, Hey, we need that bulldog, you know, uh, you know, in the midfield and not necessarily like the Zaka, you know, type of bulldog, but, you know, more of the attacking bulldog, you know, type, you know, we've, how many times on this podcast have we praised Marco Micheletto, right? I, you know, kind of look at Riley Kraft as, you know, maybe like a 90% Micheletto, you know, type, you know, where he's not going to give you, you know, nine goals, in the season, yeah, but how many assists did he pick up off of you know free kicks 
you know, last year. You know, how many times you know did he uh, you know, find his way into the right spot you know at the right time? I mean, he picked up uh, you know that goal in New England. He picked up uh, the goal at home against Greenville you know, by following up a you know, shot, you know, for the, you know, the tap in that ended up being the winner against, you know, Greenville. He was not afraid to, you know, you know, get himself, you know, stuck in, in the midfield. I thought he was a really all around strong player. I never expected him back this year because I thought he was probably going to move up to the championship you know, level in the first place. So uh, I think, you know, you can certainly make the argument that, you know, Kyle might have all around been a better player than Riley. I, I'm happy to listen to that argument, but I think, you know, the opportunity cost, like, you know, the step from Kyle to Jalen is a lot smaller than the step, you know, from Riley to Victor or Neil or, you know, whoever is Phil might, you know, whoever really is in that spot, if anyone is right now. So that's why I think Riley's been the bigger loss mm-hmm. for us is just, you know, because we haven't been able to find, you know, a good kind of you know, analog, you know, to replace him. Yeah, and I mean, like, also, it's like, I, yeah, that's true, because if Kyle's in the formation, it's probably roughly the same. But if Riley's in the formation, it's probably totally different. Like, we're not playing a 4-4-2, blanket 4-4-2. It's probably a lot different than what where everything is. Um, yeah. The other thing for Riley is if we have him, we might actually have midfield depth right now. Yeah. yeah. Instead of having to run Zach and Victor to, to death every game. <clears throat> that's – that's another thing too, because I really thought going into this, I thought like, all right, we have we have depth, like something that I really wanted <laughs> going into this year was like, oh, I want depth, I want you know, I have the options. And I think if there's any criticism, criticism on Darren, that's probably valid because you know fans, you know, definitely have their criticisms. I think I think it really just comes down to substitutions. Like it just pre-plan sucks. I mean, we have we have some depth, but like we have tons of winger depth, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, you know wing, winger, you know, attacking wide play, attacking forward, whatever you want to call them. We got those for days. Yeah, <laughs> right. That recovery. Yeah, we got a lot. We got a decent number of outside backs. I mean, a lot of them are hurt, but we got we got some guys there and everything too. Even with the defensive. Midfielder spot, you got, you know, Zaka, Victor, you know, has proven, you know, last year that he can, you know, step in into that spot. You know, even, you know, Mumbai could, you know, be able to fill that spot, you know, uh, if necessary, you know, right there. So you, you got like three guys that can play that role too. But I mean, there, there's no replacement for any in the sense that he's just clearly, you know, beyond every other player on this team, right? So you're not going to find a, Square replacement for that anyway, uh, but you know what else? You know, do we really have in that kind of you know, spearhead, you know, attacking play right now? I mean, Stanley, you know, who vanished all of a sudden. Uh, you know, he you know was, did well for three games, but that's not his natural spot. He's more of a you know forward forward uh, for the most part. Uh, so. There's yeah. death, but it's kind of like overloaded in certain spots rather than spread all over the place, I guess is the short way of saying it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I think that – and by the way, Shanir has joined us finally. Hey, Shanir. <laughs> hey, how are you guys doing? Good, man. We oh, just this, is a fun, about, like, this is a fun game to talk about. Uh, <laughs> um, almost a fun game to talk about, bar the last 10 minutes. 
Almost, almost. Um, I do think, I think, I mean, even there, it's in an AB minute. It's like we kind of knew what subs to expect. Yeah, you, you know. Yeah, when you're talking about the subs, like I don't, I don't know this for a fact, but it, it feels a lot of times like you know it's almost pre-planned and pre-scripted. Like, okay, you know, you know, Olix or you know Johnny or Maddie or you know whoever's not starting in kind of the you know fast guy attacker role. All right, you're going to come on then for you know the other guy. It doesn't really matter how the game's been going, you know, anything like that. You're going to come on around that time, you know, 80th minute, you know, turn on. All right, you're going to come on, you know, right, right then. You know, might have one or two others in there too because you got to you know double up sometimes nowadays if you want to use all your subs. A, we never do. Uh, <laughs> you know, but there seems to be a lot of patterns. Like you, know, you can kind of you know pick it out ahead of time, which. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but when it don't work, it doesn't look great. Well, I think the reason why it doesn't work is because planned substitution only work for like-for-like players. So if, for example, Bolaños and Olex were the exactly the exact same type of player, then you would say, okay, when one engine starts to fail, you just throw in another one. And you know roughly around the time when one of them will start to slow down, and you just you refresh that part of the field. But the players he's subbing on, they're not like-for-like like players. Because of the fact that they're not like-for-like like players, you're looking at a situation where things are completely changing and no one planned for that. But the subs were planned. Yeah, and you know, there was some you know, chatter about, well, why take Emmy out? You know, in the, what was that, the 83rd minute? You know, yeah. when he made the change? I, I can understand that one. Yeah, because, Me too. You know, I understand both sides of it on that yeah. On that one. I can understand, okay, you want to bring in Hernan because, look, we were pinned in at that point, and bringing in any big body that can be able to potentially hold the ball is helpful. And if you can do nothing else, you can hold the ball you know, and win a header or two. Uh, but at the same time, I, you know, we talked about this you know, last week. Emmy is – you know, the guy, you know, probably one of the only guys on the team where you, know, you can rely on him to get fouled and to be able to relieve the pressure that way. You know, yeah. and he didn't look, at least to me, he didn't look gassed. You know, so I'd rather have, you know, him in there, uh, you know, and you, know, you roll the dice that he doesn't pick up another yellow in the last five minutes. I mean, he's a professional. I think he knows how to be able to avoid that. And, you know, you let him, you know, Hold the ball. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it ends up being him playing it long and seeing if Blondes can run onto it because I'm what that's what would happen anyway, uh, and go from there. So I get where the complaints were coming from on that one, but I also you know do understand Darren's perspective too. Well, at the end of the day, I, I understand that maybe he's thinking, okay, we want to save, you know, save his energy for the next game because it's been the past few games have been coming a bit fast and quick for the kickers, but. The one thing that I think about with that is what happens to in-game management? Because you should be able to communicate with a player. All right, dial it back a bit, preserve your energy, rely on other players to make certain runs, but you're still out there to do some of the things that he, we may not, Darren may not want to rely on him to try and go forward, push forward and score another goal. But at least you have that player in there that knows how to hold the ball and draw a foul that knows how to slow the game down, that knows how to find those passes. 
it doesn't require him to use as much of the energy that he has in order to do that. So if you're feeling that you need to preserve his energy, have him dial it back a bit. Like you said, Matt, he's a professional. He should be able to do that. Yeah, he also shouldn't be tired. He hadn't played for two weeks. We don't play for eight yeah. days after that game. Yeah. I think the only I think the only sub I can really sit there and question, I, I think is Luke for Calvo, because one the goal does come on the first goal comes on the side of Luke that subbed in for. But when Matt, you were saying like Calvo picked up a knocks. I get that sub, but and this is the part where it's in there, like you're mentioning, like the in-game management part, if these subs are pre-planned, it's like instead of throwing Luke out there, all right, granted, you can put Luke up top. Because we know what Luke's going to provide you. He's going to provide you that crazy present running around energy. You got Ani, you have Cole, and Cole's been playing fullback for the greater part of what? The last six games? I mean, other side. Yeah, on the other side. But, I mean, essentially, it's still – it's still fullback, like outside of maybe passing stuff. But at that point, you're just trying to preserve the game and just shut it down. Maybe that's the sub where I think if you know if you could give Derek one sub back, I think that's what he might go back and change. Uh, I'm curious on the topic of subs. What did y'all think of uh, you know Bryant because he came in for Maddie like 20 minutes to go or something like that. Um, uh, I don't. Mind I, I, think I think he think did he had a really good game. Yeah, I, th- I, mean, I think he did. had a pretty good. He he, yeah, he had a pretty decent fifteen minutes, um, and because of that, I I just it it makes me wonder about certain things. But I don't think Matt Bulldog was the player to come on for. I think we could have used Matt still being on the field, and if you think about it, maybe. Falk was still useful out there. Um, maybe Zaka could have come off, taken a little break. I think Neil and, was the person you could have possibly brought off. Yeah, and Neil, Neil probably you could have cut, taken him off to give uh, Ethan a, a try. You could tell when Ethan came on that he hadn't been training with the team for long yet. You could tell. But you could tell that he was figuring things out on the fly. He was kind of growing into the game. And that that was something that was encouraging to see. He he almost got an assist um, shortly after coming on. Um, it, at first, I was a little concerned because when he first came on, he looked a little lost out there. But then he started to get into his rhythm. He started to make some key passes. Um, and I think I think he'll he'll work out fine. Just give him a little more time with the team, maybe a, a week or two with the team, and he'll be able to 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 get into the flow of things. Yeah, but it also shows that Darren listens to the show because <laughs> we were talking about midfield depth, and then he goes signs a midfielder alone. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, get, get that youth movement going, you know, too. Because uh, exactly, he's still only nineteen. Like he's he's played, yeah. you know, some for San Antonio a couple different times. He went over, to, you know, played in Belgium for uh, a little bit. I, I'm guessing it didn't work out there if he's already back in San Antonio yeah. again. Uh, but you know, there, there's been some you know promise there, and yeah, I feel I don't, for me, you know, I like, you know, the kickers becoming like, you know, the uh, like youth reclamation project club because, you know, Gallardo was nowhere. You know, came here and, you know, rejuvenated. You know, Riley was nowhere. You know, came here, kind of got rejuvenated. Okay, got hurt. That's not our fault. Uh, you know, you know, Ethan wants to be uh, the next guy who is, you know, maybe, you know, uh, got a little bit of hype as a young player and, you know, 
falls off, comes back here, and you know uses Richmond to propel himself forward. I'm cool with the kickers, you know, having that rep. Yeah, I don't, I don't think nothing's wrong with that rep. I, I just, I mean, you guys could probably answer better than me, but I start to question what is then the kickers' trajectory as a club? Like, what are the kickers looking to do long term? Because like we've all know in USL League One, you can't really plan three, four, five years in advance because you know, there's so much high overturn. You know, contracts barely even last two years outside of that. So it's like if the kickers want to go into this movement, you then start to wonder, like, all right, what is Darren, Rob, Mika's overall aspect of, like, year to year? What are they looking to build? And right now it's like when you look at the kickers as a whole on the field, you're just like, do you have any confidence in, you know, in, in the tactics, you know, I have confidence in Terzaghi. I have confidence. In, yeah, I have confidence in Terzaghi. Uh, basically, yeah, Terzaghi, a little bit Ivan and Akira. But Akira, how much longer will he be with us as a player? You know, um, it's not. This is probably going to be his last season, if not next season. Um, as a player, keep saying or it every to, year, and Akira keeps playing. No, but no, I mean the 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 telltale sign was player coach. That that's yeah. usually yeah, tr- yeah, the yeah. transition into. Uh, I'm <laughs> this is my last hurrah. But I, the thing that confuses me is it looks like we're going for longevity, but it doesn't. At the beginning, when we first when Darren first signed on, um. There were talks of Richmond being that feeder club, being that club that produces that we we buy cheap and sell big. You know, well, even though he, he big is relative in this level. Of course, of course, big <laughs> is relative in this level. But I know it, he meant it a little bit tongue in cheek. But he said, "I want to sign our next youth player to Real Madrid." You know, and, and like he he, there is that sense of. Um, of he wants to he wants to buy cheap and sell 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 high yeah and i don't know if that's really what's happening here because if that were the case as much as i would hate 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 to see him go as much as it hated i hated it to see joe gallardo go wouldn't this has offseason been the time to try to, to put Terzaghi on the market if you want to go buy cheap and sell high? It would have made sense with that with that mantra, with that program to... Jadir, you're it, way deep into the conspiracy. No, I mean... No, but I'm, I mean, I'm thinking about it. He, he was MVP, leading goal scorer in the league, that's the time he's the hottest commodity. Sells are old. Yeah, he's also old. And also there's no real market in League One for older players. There's one there for younger players, but not necessarily older ones. Yeah. But getting and, back and to the I, I want to take I want to get my cheap shot in before uh, we, we move along. Yeah, <laughs> good thing uh you know Darren saying wants to sell everybody uh you know Real Madrid. Awesome. Good thing he didn't pick a you know good old broke ass Barcelona. Oh yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> cheap shot over. Uh, well, I mean, they they look like they're oh, at least on the field. They don't look like they're a broken club <laughs> so far. <laughs> um, so let me ask you guys this: uh, and getting getting back to the games on the field, 
you know, Sunday becomes a big game. Mm-hmm. You know, the yep. mentality of everything goes into Sunday. It's a, exactly. I don't want to say it because Matt is probably going to laugh, but it, it feels like Sunday is make or break. You know, neither team can afford really a draw in this game because the draw doesn't do anything. It keeps Richmond's head above water. Like, we're kind of like the old cartoons where a person just has the straw and they try to breathe underneath water. Like, that's how yeah. Richmond is right now. Basically. Yeah, Greenville is slowly but surely, like, I don't know what happened to that club. No, we're, 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 like, we're, like, the six, we're like the six-year-old learning how to swim that's treading water. Greenville's like the nine-year-old treading water in the deep yeah. end for the first time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Neither one of them is looking pretty right now. Neither one of them is uh, you know, doing what we want, but they're not drowning yet. But no. Yeah. No. yeah. But mathemat- mathematically, of course, no, of course, it's not a must-win yet because there's too much of the season left. But y- you're right; it feels like we're getting there quickly. Yeah, it does. It feels like you're getting to that point now where you're just like, all right, if you're gonna put something together, you have to put it together now because you can't keep like the schedule doesn't get any easier for you. You know? Yeah, it doesn't yeah. get any easier for you. I mean, and and um, the thing that's that I feel is alarming is that. We are in that lead pack. Well, I mean, literally that lead pack is first to 10th because that literally there's such a small gap. It's nine points between first and 10. One and two are pulled away from the pack. Yeah, one yeah. and two are pulling. Uh, well, they're, they're yeah, I, I, well, you I look at games this. in hand. Yeah, one and two probably are, has the best, the best scenario to really pull away from the pack if they could be for in unionism. If they do that, it's – Chattanooga's the number one team for the rest of the year. Yeah, but I mean, I, I but I, I don't know about that because it's, I mean, Union have been pushing pretty hard as well. Yeah, the, they're they're dropping points here and there, but so is everyone else. And the 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 thing right now is, you know, that middle pack right behind the first two, we are literally at the back of that pack. At least we're in that pack, but we're at the back of it. We have that saving grace that, you know, South Georgia has, like, five games in hand over everybody. I mean, everyone has, like, at least five oh, games in hand over no. South Georgia. No, not anymore. Okay, five is, in the, is a stretch, but they, they're, they have definitely played far more games than everyone else. They've played at least two more games than everyone else. Yeah, um, but that, that's true, but the problem is that uh, we've played more games than uh, a few of those other teams now, too. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah. So it's like South Georgia has played the most games out of anyone with 19. But then if you look at the bracket between 7th to 12th, like we, outside of Fort Lauderdale, we played the most games. Yeah, true. So then it gets really dicey because then it's like, like we were saying earlier, um, like this team hasn't put together consecutive wins yet this year. Or like Matt said, a sandwich, where it's like a draw, win, draw, or a win, draw, win. Like we haven't put that together yet. And no, yeah, there's always like, a loss in there. And yeah. I, but it is not a pretty thing, loss. <laughs> no, they're not pretty. They're not pretty. And I, I can even though mathematically and technically and on paper we have a draw this Saturday, but I count that as a loss. That that is a big loss. This is a team that we scored three goals against two times in a row at home and away. We beat them twice. And it just, I, I, that just, that's a loss to me. And well, something I, I, something I will see is interesting about 
that uh, the Ravs game is, even if you go back to the last Ravs game where we won 3-2, like you mentioned, New England was coming back in that in that second game. Like, when oh, they yeah. scored in the 76th minute, they were coming back. So it's not like this is this is unprecedented. It's just that the, Richmond what it never... Shows, exactly. What it, what it shows is that Richmond has stood still from the beginning of the season and New England have grown. That's what it shows. 3-0, 3-2, That just shows that New England has has figured things out from the beginning of the season, and we just are literally have stood still. And you can't stand still on a moving train. This is a situation where everyone is going to leave you behind if you don't improve. I mean, I I would say the sign that New England's turned it around is more that they've won three of their last five. You know, then incremental results against one team because – you could say New England's gotten better. I would. I can make the argument we've just gotten a lot worse since game one. Yeah. And also it doesn't help like New England is like probably the best team in MLS right now. And a lot of that talent that would probably go up and play New England if they were having a crap season is now like in <laughs> he was a league one. I mean, it's, it's been all the same guys all year. Yeah. It, they, they've, they've kind of kept yeah, the two teams. Sure. I think that's, that's more of a uh, – FC Dallas, North Texas situation more so than New England. And I think I think Bruce is is adamant about keeping the two teams separate. Yeah. Um so I would just like to point out that somebody on this uh podcast gave me a lot of you know crap for saying the Revs would be good this year. <laughs> oh, well, not, they, they haven't been bad. I mean I, you can't say I'm not, that I'm, not they, gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna say which person. I was talking about Rush 2, but... Oh, yeah, 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 I was not expecting this. Yeah. It's, I mean, especially when you look at the way they performed last year. You can't look at, you can't look at your year two teams. You got to know that by now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's true, but at the end of the day, there is that, that you, you've got to take that caveat of, you know, you're not going to see that level of improvement um, in League One as as drastic. You know, it, the, most of the teams, yes, you'll see some improve, you'll see some decline, but it'll usually be by one or two steps. It won't be a massive like, oh, it won't be a Leicester situation, basically, is what I'm saying. <laughs> like... Mm. <laughs> um, let me ask you guys this before we wrap up. Just two quick questions. Um, we got what, twelve games left? If I didn't know, my fault. Eleven. <clears throat> Eleven games left. Eleven. Yep. <clears throat> Eleven games left. What do you think Darren hangs his hat on to get this team over the edge in these next eleven games? Emiliano Terzaghi. Yeah, I thought I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> I mean, there, there's two years of proof of this team will go as far as he can drag them. Which is frustrating. It's it's frustrating because I, I, I hate to bring it back that far, but ever since Lee Kalashaw left, that's been the case. We've been relying on one guy. I mean, 2019, 2019, you know, 
Gallardo, Djax, and Chin kind of even on goals. Djax and Chin were could barely hit a barn door for most of the season. It, it, the player who was carrying us on the field was Gallardo. When Terzaghi came, it was him, and and it's 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 frustrating that this is the third year in a row where the kickers don't have a consistent second outlet. We don't have a plan B player. We don't have someone who we can rely on who, if, for example, we go up against a team and they literally double man mark Terzaghi for the whole game, we got nothing. It was the same thing with Gallardo. If they, if you shut down Gallardo when we when we had Gallardo, if you shut down Gallardo, kickers weren't doing nothing. Chin and Djax were left up there by themselves, and we weren't doing nothing. I will I will push back and get that slightly. I get what you're saying. I'm not saying you're wrong in that aspect, Chinair, but I also think like this past week, <laughs> this past game kind of like skewed everything for us. Um. I will say, I think when it comes to Darren, I think, granted, he's, this team offensively is going to rely on either great individual moments from players stepping up or, like, good passing moments that are, are kind of hard to figure out sometimes. Yeah, few and far um, between. Yeah, because me, me and Matt were looking at this as beforehand. I think Nils yeah, and Tom are, were two. Well, also, but, this, this team averages the fewest uh, passes per match in the league with uh, 256.1, the lowest percentage successful passes in the league yeah. uh, overall. Uh, 11th place, just to give an idea, so we're at 256 passes mm-hmm. per game. The closest to us is 286 passes yeah. a game. Yeah. yeah, And I, see, I think that's the thing with Darren. I, we, we have enough – Enough footage on Darren to figure out what his style is, what he likes to play, and it's def- it's defensive. Nothing's wrong in that. Nothing's wrong in that. It's just in that style, you're going to need guys that are one tactically aware, defensively stout, and doesn't let anything behind them. Granted, Akira can only Akira is a great goalkeeper. We sing his praises on this podcast a lot. He should have won goalkeeper of the year last year. You can make a case for him this year. But Akira can only get you so many – he can only win you so many games. Yeah, I'm sick of us relying on him, basically. <laughs> <laughs> we we long mean, since know how Shanir feels about you know, Akira getting recognition. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't mind him getting recognition because look at – look, Matt Turner gets recognition. No, I, I, Manuel I, I, Neuer no, gets recognition. recognition. Yeah, the recognition part isn't, and, and, isn't but, a bad thing. It's just it, – it, it just relying on relying on a goalkeeper to stand on his head and one player to score the goals. Literally, is what it looks like. Lean into your gimmick, Shanir. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just. <laughs> it's not a gimmick. I'm, I'm just. Look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand on this soapbox until I see a game where Akira is bored. Let can can we have one of those games where Akira spends the whole game barely doing anything, barely having to do anything? Can we have nice. one? I don't think you will. I don't and think you will that's because the problem. Of, oh yeah. It, it, I don't, but the I don't thing think is, it's you, possession. It's, it's not, not it's possession. Not and I don't think it's an issue of defensive teams because you can be a defensive team and shut the other team down from being able to take quality shots. 
and be a defensive team. But the problem is any defensive team, you're still going to have at least – you're still going to need at least two goal-scoring outlets to relieve that pressure from the defense. If the defense is constantly being battered and battered and battered and there is no outlet, there is no person you can get the ball out to to create something to kind of give the defense a break or you only have one and once the other team figures that out, they shut that player down, then eventually you're going to leak goals. You're going to leak goals and this is the situation we're dealing with. We're dealing with a back four that is a solid back four. On paper, our back four is probably one of the best in the league. But you can't say you, that at this point. You can. Yeah, you the reason why you, you can. The reason why you can is because any back four in this situation, no matter how good, is going to get beat eventually if you keep allowing the other team to, to come at us wave after wave after wave after wave. Eventually, they're going to break. And that's what's happening. Every game, we're getting those situations where tired legs lead to tired minds. Eventually, Yvonne is going to be that little bit slower in the 80th minute to, to mark his man. Or Chrysler is going to be that little bit slower to close the ball down. Why? Because he's been doing it consistently and constantly all game long. His legs are tired. So kind of you know, part agree, part counteract that. So we all agree Omaha – Possibly the best team in the league, right? Yeah. You know who's eleventh? Do you know who's eleventh in the league in possession? Omaha. You Omaha, yeah. Yeah. So okay, okay. Uh, possession is one thing. Possession is one thing, but chances created, goals, expected goals, shots—that's where this comes from. Because right, if you, you if you possess the ball in the midfield, the defense doesn't have to do that much, but just keep their eyes open. Yeah, but you know, but you also have to look at it from the other other perspective. We we've had Darren here long enough to know that's not Darren's mo. That's not Darren's thing. So you can't. It's What's hard not to sit Darren's there MO? and be like, "Well, we should be uh, attacking football." Now, you I'm know, not asking high for attacking football. No, no, I'm talking about I'm talking about what Matt said with regards to Union Omaha. Just I, because I they have. Just because they have a little bit less, more possession than us, they're in eleventh place with regards to possession or with regards to passes. That doesn't mean the other team is beating them on possession, but only in the midfield. Because if they, if the other team is only beating them on possession in the midfield, then their defense isn't being battered. But we need to be looking at shots, expected goals that the other teams have against oh, oh, Omaha. Omaha. Currently, with uh. You know, eighth in the table and shots on target per match. Currently, bottom in the league. Big chances created. Yeah, them creating chances or chances created against them. Attacking because category. If, big chances created. No, yeah. that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. I'm talking about the defense. If the defense is not being battered, if the, you, if the ball you, is being passed you're, around, you're going the back and forth though is what, is what Elliot and I are saying. Is you know, you're, you're talking about our defensive you know, unit. You know, best in the. The league, you know, but then we say no, they're not. You're saying this because you know the offense isn't, you know, no, I'm not saying that. another team with you know that's better than us all around, better, you know, better defense, better offense, and but their stat, you know, their counting stats and everything aren't significantly different than ours. So they're certainly executing better in that regard. That, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's that's where the thing is execution. They're picking their chances 
and not desperately just trying to score goals. They right. are so, picking their so, chance. There, there, there. Uh, there's a there's an efficiency there. Right. Yeah, therefore, therefore, our defense, therefore our defense is clearly not the best in the league. No, no, no. <laughs> no I'm argument. talking. I'm talking about the attack. There's an efficiency in their attack, showing you they yeah, have so less shots. They have less expected goals is because they are only taking those shots when it's a good chance created. The, the, the on the flip side, if we we could be creating decent chances with Terzaghi, but most of the times they're going to be early on in the game until Terzaghi gets figured out. We we also don't create I mean, chances. We don't create exactly. We don't we don't create many chances. But the chances that we do create, apart from some of those opportune tap-ins from Terzaghi or the wonder strike he had this 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 past weekend, uh, are, do we look like a team that is holding onto the ball and then creating a good chance that we take that shot and it's most likely going in the back of the net? I, it's I, it's all about back on the we have you know possibly the best defense in the league. We do not. Yeah, we, I think said, the biggest part is Shanere you're is going really by the stats, um, though. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You're going by the but stats Shanere, that were it, the best. What it really comes down to is this: is that Union Omaha might not have the most possession. Richmond doesn't have the most possession. But what it comes down to is that when you watch Union Omaha play, where they win the ball at, it's really like two stylistic things. Both teams play in a four-four-two, but Union Omaha midfield is set up to win the ball in the midfield and then transition quicker in attack. That's Where the Richmond key word. is more set up, set up in a sense to play tight, allow you to play on the wings, and just sit in tighter and then expand because expand into the offensive part. It's kind of like it's kind of like an accordion. Like defensive, we really are constricted. We're really tight, and then we expand going into the attack. But the thing is, going into the final third, our lead, our build up to the play is has not been great. Because it's been lumped the ball forward. Yes. And I think that's the thing. I don't think Zaka is a great – Matt, you might be better assessing this more than me. But Zaka, I wouldn't say he's a great passer. He's a great destroyer. But he's not – Yeah, he's not a decent eight. He's not a a, a good enough. Yeah, that's Uh, what I'm saying. I don't think – yeah, that's also true. He's got to to be. But I think that's, that's where our issue is. Our issue is there is no eight. And what do you think Victor is? He's more of a six. He's more of a destroyer, like 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 Zaka. It's like we're playing with two sixes and a ten. There's no transition in the middle to create to, for that for that player maybe, who's maybe gonna, going to transition the ball forward. Maybe the better question to ask would have been, what do you think he's supposed to be playing right now? Not what is what is he? Yeah. Who who uh, Victor? Yeah. I mean, I, I think. I think Victor is a, is naturally a six. Though. That's not the question, though. <laughs> yeah, that's not the question. What do you mean? What do you, think what, what do you think Victor is out there on the field to do right now? Like, what do you think his role is in the week? Shanir, also, I don't need a five minute answer. Like, I need you to answer this question. He's, he's, his his role is to be a six. It's to be a destroyer. Is to is to close things down. I don't, I don't see that at all. I, I mean, I th- do I think that he can do that? Yes. Do I think that's what Darren is asking him to do right now, especially since we've moved to the kind of a four four two diamond? Not in Not the really Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 
don't know. And I mean, man. It, look, and I know right now it seems very negative because, like we said, like when your team isn't putting together win after win or win draw win or you know, you're, like you know, it's very you're easy losing to look every at other game. It's very easy to look at things half empty, if that's how the saying goes. Yeah, I think on the flip side of it, I think you know there are some positives. There, are, look. I think Oleg did a fantastic job of relieving pressure out of this team, oh, being yes. able to be quick in the wings. I would have liked to see him be a little bit better with his decision making because there's times he got it behind. It's just that final when he got into the box, it was kind of just like I don't know what to do now. I'm running too quick. His you pace know? is too his pace is too quick for his dribble. Yeah, is basically right. what other things like that. Yeah. Um, there are still things to work on, but Jared, the point in the season now where you can't. The time is running out. I, I think there's potential um, for Ethan to be a useful player if he can gel well. I sure. think he will. I think he yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. He I, I mean, I, he's shown it. He's shown it in the game. He had a nice little assist to the assist. Um, I want, you know, the defensive work I think will come from him. But yeah. Well, I look, think well, marketing team, giving you a little you know, heads up right here. You got you know nineteen year old you know you know, kid coming in with you know flow like that on his head right as college students are coming back. Market that kid out to VCU, out to U of R. Get them coming in to, you know to see our man with you know you know flowing locks like that. Oh, there you go. <laughs> hey, look, um, yo, no, I'm sorry. Samir, Ethan looked like he just came off the beach, came from the surf. <laughs> Just just ripped a few waves and then just decided to put on his cleats. <laughs> right. Um, Shanir, real quick, once again, real quick. Um, you were at the press conference for Darren after the game. What was his mood like? What are some things he talked about? Um, some of the questions that were asked were regarding Ethan um and were regarding Emmy. Um I think I think um Darren does rate Ethan and he does feel that and and it was through the press conference that I found out that he didn't he hadn't really had a lot of practice time with the team yet since before that game. So he needs a, a maybe a week or two to 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 gel. And uh, that was one thing that Darren did confirm um, that he he does feel that he will be a good player for the future. Um, Darren was more in the mindset of just schoolboy errors at the end of the game. We can we can put together a strong game for 60 minutes, but after that it's like just fundamental errors that and that are basically things that you uh, at the age of 13 you should know not to do on the soccer field. Um he is frustrated. You could tell, definitely. But you know, at the end of the day, it's it's about finishing strong, and that's I think that's where his focus is, and that's I think that's where his focus needs to be at least for now. While Ethan gets gel gels with the starts to gel with the team, there needs to be a a, a mentality of once that sixtieth minute hit, this minute hits, we can't be down tooling. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right. Um, real quick, guys, before we get out of here, thoughts on Greenville going into the game. Both teams aren't in great form right now. Um, Greenville, since June, has only won two games. Richmond hasn't been any better. What are your quick – Shanir, once again, quick uh, thoughts on that game going into it? I feel it's going to be a tough game. 
Um, yes, Greenville have not been doing very well, but they will be at home. Uh, we will be away. And we're coming off of a very, very big blow because I, based on the body language of the players after Saturday's game, that was a loss to them as well. And I think if they can shake that, then we have a chance. But that's going to be something hard to overcome going away to Greenville for. So um, it's it's going to be a tough game. We have the players uh, on paper. We have what it takes to get something out of this game. But will they show up? You, will they be able to pull through? Uh, I mean, it'll be well, all the games are tough at this point, right? Yeah, this, yeah. this team is not a team that's going to have easy games along the way. Uh, Greenville is hurting, I mean, physically as well. They're picking up, you know, injuries left and right. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see who they even have available at this point. But, you know, I expect a rock fight. I don't think it's going to be a pretty game to watch. It's not going to be a game that, you know, if you're Asking somebody, you know, hey, let's watch our first soccer, your first soccer game ever. Let's have it be Kickers versus Greenville uh, at Greenville on that nasty ass turf. Uh, <laughs> I question that person's decision why your first soccer game is USL League One. Like you, you, you bypassed a lot to get to this. <laughs> yeah. So, I well, I mean, if they live in South Carolina, what's the closest? Oh, they might be out looking to pull something up on ESPN Plus. You might be, you know, spreading yeah. the good word of the kickers. But maybe, maybe, maybe not you this one. Because yeah. uh, as much as we don't like to have the ball, Greenville doesn't either. <laughs> you know, so I don't know who's supposed to be uh, building attacks because neither team really seems that interested in it most of the time. Midfield might uh, just not get involved at all. Just ball get pinged back and forth. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a pretty game, but. Uh, I think safe bet's a draw. Yeah, safe bet will tell you it's a draw. I'm really hoping for three points for the kickers. I think if you can pick up three points in this, who knows? Anything can happen against North Carolina. Anything can happen against Warren Madison, and who knows? We can come back by September 2nd and be like, guys, we're in third place. (laughs) Yeah. You pick up up three points in this game, we're tied with Greenville. Yeah. And if you – said that three weeks ago, you would have sounded like an insane person. Yeah. So who knows? And even just like, even, I know even though like we're all giving the team a hard time, but that's because we love them. Um, You know, we want to see the team do great. It's been a long time since the kickers have been that team. We all know and love since 2016. We haven't had a playoff run since then. If anything can happen to make this playoff push happen, I think the time is now and we'll see. Um, but yeah, guys. also just a reminder, everybody: Sunday night game, not Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. Sunday night football. It's going to be intense. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Get up out of here. Uh, Shanira came on here, stood in his cell box for forty minutes. So you know that's positive. <laughs> um, yeah. But as always, guys, we want to say thank you for taking the time of your day to listen to our podcast. We are coming up on our one hundredth episode. This is episode ninety-seven. We are three episodes away from episode one hundred. So yeah. Woo-hoo. Yeah, we're almost there. Uh, we couldn't have done it without you guys. Um, but as always, you can follow the show on Twitter, on Instagram, at RiverCity93. Take a couple of seconds out of your day right now. If you made it this far, make sure to give us a five-star review. It helps us get found. If you're watching the show on YouTube, like, share, subscribe. Um, 
We'll be trying to put on more content as the offseason rolls around and things like that. But as always, for Matt Engineer, this is Elliot. We will holler at you guys later. Keep us on the good side, guys. Oh, 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 o